All right. Well, let's um, let's talk a little Tom Petty weekend. Okay. Which um, and for our for the listeners, Dan and I already did this, but for the second time in my podcasting experience in the last three years, um, Zoom decided to puke and die and lose our recording. So Dan very very kindly and graciously said he would jump back on again. Um, so October nineteenth to twenty second, we're going to be ramping things up for the Tom Petty weekend again. Yes, four days. Um, starting with a VIP on Thursday night with uh with three outstanding performers um and this is only open to um the uh diamond and the gold um maybe a few silvers might get in we'll see yeah um they they get first dibs on that one and the diamond vip ticket holders get to have a get to meet the artists afterwards and have a picture and the three artists are Jake Thistle uh Jeff's uh Jeff Slate and uh Joe Crookston. Um and each of those are remarkable performers and people will be very impressed. Um so and I mean my listeners will definitely be familiar with Jake because Jake's built a very sort of you know loyal following within the Tom Petty fan base. Um Jeff Slater likewise has been a guest on my podcast. Um but tell us about Joe Crookston who's he jo- Joe is a um Singer-songwriter from Ithaca, New York, a very earnest, uh, emphatic um, man, just amazing, amazing singer. But he also is a painter. Okay. He's uh, kind of a renaissance man. And he, um, he, uh, but he's got like six or seven albums out. Um, okay. Uh, I really love his his music. We I've seen him. He's come to Gainesville a few times. And we've been very impressed. Great stories. Great stories. He's got a story about his dad that went to work on a, a building runways on this remote island that turned out to be where the Enola Gay took off to land the Hiroshima or the atomic bomb. In no way. Japan or two. And the way he tells it, it's great. Just wow. a terrific story. Um, uh, but he's got so many great stories. Uh, he's just a great storyteller. So anyway, so that's Joe. Uh, and then getting to our uh, to our headline act is um, shovels and rope, and we have gotten the most amazing feedback from people that have seen them. They're like, "Oh my God, these guys are great!" Um, they really. I was talking to someone that saw them recently, um, like a week or so ago, and they were saying they really get the crowd going. Okay, they really um, driving uh, beat. Um, uh, and it's just, it's a husband and wife. That's it. Uh, the, uh, the husband plays drums, sings percussion. She plays guitar and sings. And um, we've gotten real positive uh, feedback. I, is someone flashing a light at you? No, I'm 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 switching between screens because I, I like having lots of information for when I'm doing oh, these okay. interviews. So it's just okay. it's just you can ignore it. It's just my uh, my monitor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And um, as far as um. And then we have Jake Thistle, um, who's go- who will be playing with a band, and Jeff Slate playing with a band, um, and they're going to do a they're going to back up the All Star set at the end of Saturday night. Right. Um, the band that headlines Friday night, Matcha. Oh my gosh, uh, great! Um, well, they have three horns. Um, they uh, uh, they have a dense, big sound. That and the uh, singer is terrific voice, um, 
Yeah, very, very impressive. The crowd will really get into them. Um, but, I, you know, we've been looking at our lineup and we're just like blown away how yeah. many great people we have performing. Another one is Shine, uh, who will be having a great backup band. And she's just amazing entertainer. Yeah. Um, uh, everyone that everyone that has seen her just like, oh, Shine. Oh, my gosh. So let's see here. Who else do we have? I was going to say, oh. though, qu quickly, too, though, I, what I love about that, too, is already just in the artists that we've talked about, that's a diverse range of music, musicians and musical styles and backgrounds and, you know, ages. So you've got this real sort of um, broad stroke of like different. And so people are not going to hear the same thing over and over and over again is what I'm getting at. Right. So when you come down to Tom Petty weekend, you're going to hear something different with each performer that hits the stage. Yes, we 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 do try to um, limit how many times you hear Mary Jane's last dance, right? Um, and that sort of thing. But we, but but the thing about it is, is uh, we're not hiring tribute acts. Um, yeah. That that we're hiring people that perform their own stuff, that are talented in their own way, but they love Tom Petty so much that they're willing to. Uh, drop their ego some and perform some of Tom's songs yeah. because they respect them so much. And um, I mean, our mission is to honor and respect Tom. And, um, and we felt that was the best way we could do it. Not just pander to the easy, easy uh, acts yeah. that are, are great. Don't get me wrong. There's some great tribute acts, but we wanted um, the songs to sound fresh, you know, because yeah, they're definitely. being interpreted through artists rather than just, Oh yeah, I've heard that song. Just that sounds just like the radio. So yeah, uh, not that every tribute band does that, but um, but for us that was that was a line we decided that we were going to hold off on, and um, and I guess that the the problem you would have there that you know because like I said, I mean I I just spoke to um Petty Theft out of San Francisco. I had I was I was talking to them a, a couple of weeks ago, and they don't do that. They don't dress up. They don't you know they don't sort of the lead singer doesn't try and sing like Tom. So, you know, that would be, that would potentially be a fit. But like you said, if you were to open it up to one tribute act, you kind of have to open it up to everyone then, right? And I think, like you said, I think that by bringing in people who are not Tom Petty tribute artists to come and interpret those songs, and I like using that word interpret rather than cover, then it gives, like I said, it gives listeners something to, it's a different, a different set of ears on this song and a different way of thinking about it and listening to it, which I think is just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at the way that Tom would cover songs, he, he would it, they would stay true to the to to the song but they'd be reinterpreted through the heartbreakers mm -hmm. um you know so it it was very interesting to hear his cover songs you know sometimes they sounded so true to the original yeah and yet you could definitely tell the difference which was um, great it was great when we got the Fillmore release right i mean it was just, that was just a godsend that we got to hear all those i don't know whatever 37 or 38 covers that were on that record um to just to sort of hear those things and like you said to hear well that's interesting they've extended this bit or you know when they do ain't no sunshine tom i know i know i know and it just keeps going and going and going and you can see you, know, you can imagine benmont thinking he's got to come back in soon <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah i think he was thinking he's got to come back <laughs> like okay i'm stuck here <laughs> oh that was amazing album amazing album oh my gosh that the greatest live rock and roll album to me of all times mine I, hands down for me easily and i was talking to a friend about this you know another musician um a podcaster i said the difference between that one and a lot of live albums you get is first of all there are absolutely zero overdubs on that album 
That is live off the soundboard. That's a band playing live. No, they've not gone back in and touched anything up in the studio. Mike's not gone and played his guitar parts again. That's really genuinely live. And the other thing is because it's that residency, you've got so much more material to choose from because, you know, with a re- with one live gig, or two, if you record over two nights, you've got 23, 24, 25 songs, but they recorded all those shows, the last six or seven shows, so they've got this massive wealth of material to choose from. Just an absolute game changer in terms of sort of a snapshot of a band at a certain point in time. And for whatever reason, they were bringing in all these guests over this last six or seven shows, as well as covering all these different songs. I mean, it seemed like every night must have been dramatically different than a previous night. A hundred percent. Well, I love the, I love the story though too about John Lee Hooker, right? Because they bring John Lee Hooker, who owns a restaurant not far from the Fillmore, and someone had mentioned this. They will go down there and see, I mean, see if he's in. Let's see if he's home and if he wants to come and play. So he literally sort of they drag John Lee Hooker out of his restaurant and give him a guitar and say, "Do you want to come and play on stage?" I mean, can you imagine like how incredible that must have been for both the band and the crowd because it's so spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. Just um, love that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So. Uh, that was amazing um, thing. We get, so we've got a lady that's uh, coming from um, from Copenhagen or somewhere there. Wow. She has to take a, a float plane to get to uh, <laughs> some place where she can take a train to get to the airport or something like that. Wow. And that's Sue Balmiel and a uh, terrific uh, singer songwriter. Uh, she's coming with her uh, with her other half who plays with her. And uh, and they make a, a great duo. Um, people really, really loved her when she came in 2019. Nice. Uh, and we have uh, Daniel Champagne, who's a guitarist uh, um, and a percussion and percussion player, much like Tommy Emmanuel. And he's okay. actually from Australia. And apparently uh, I haven't seen him, but I've heard that he is... He will blow you away as much as Tommy Emmanuel will. And that's amazing if, if indeed that's true. That's a bold claim, right? Because, I mean, Tommy Emmanuel is that guy's something else. So, Well, uh, and Dave Melosh, uh, the 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 uh, manager of Hartwood, uh, he, he testifies to that because he brought him to Hartwood. I didn't get to see him, but okay. uh, he's, this guy is just amazing. Wow. So, um, and we have Bruce Katz band. Bruce Katz played. He was a ba- he was a backup keyboardist for Greg Allman. So whenever Greg was just singing or playing guitar, Bruce was playing Greg Allman's um, <laughs> keyboards. Yeah, and uh, and doing he's just he sounds so much like the Allman Brothers keyboardist. And he's just uh, put out an album that's getting rave reviews. So it's um, it he's doing well, and he's he he tours a lot. Um, and so uh, we're re- really ecstatic to bring them. Uh, and as well as we got a band called Damon Fowler, and I think that's the name of the lead guitarist singer. Okay. And he has, I mean, you're going to go, whoa, this is, this is the brother to the Allman Brothers. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is the Allman Brothers part two or something, you know, he terrific a lead guitar player, great sound, great singer. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody will be talking about him. Um, and we have Keith Eblin, who started Tom Petty Nation. Hey, here we are. There we go. And uh, and uh, the official fan club um, now uh, been in existence more than ten years, and uh, and he will be opening up uh, the music part of Tom Petty Weekend on Friday at four o'clock or four thirty, something like that. Okay. Um, we have um, 
Danny Roberts from Mud Crutch, the original Mud Crutch band that oh, went out to nice. Uh, he will be playing with uh, another local music star, Mike Bulware, and they're doing a, a duo on uh, I want to say on Sunday. Um, we have a band Paco and Fatwood, which includes Charlie Hargret, who was le- who was the lead guitar player for the band Blackfoot back okay. in the seven. And a terrific band, Paco's terrific singer. Um, people will be really impressed with that. Uh, a band that we thought we were going to have last year, but they had they had some personal problems and they broke up for a while and they came back. Uh, we've had them here before, Someday Honey with Kylie Baker, who's okay. uh, me. Um, uh, we have a band called the Zabuzes. And the Zabuzes are three women that uh, have the most amazing harmonies. And uh, and that includes Kylie Baker okay. and Hannah Harbour that played last year and another lady that I haven't heard. And uh, and uh, uh, Dave just talks in reverent tones about the sound that they make. Um, we have a reggae band that's going to do some Tom Petty songs as well as some other reggae songs. Yeah. Uh, Lions of Ja. And uh, and then we have a special tribute to Tom Ledden, um, uh, featuring. We're going to play a song that he that he performed last year okay. at uh, Tom Petty Weekend, uh, which his performance last year was one for the ages. I mean, it was he. It was like, where did that come from, Tom? I mean, yeah. he he had practiced the set every day for a year, right? Wow. He, he just he just he wanted to get it just perfect. And he did. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, we're going to play one of those songs. And then his brother, Mark, uh, has a band and will be performing some songs. And then there's three girls from um, Nashville that uh, Tom uh, gave guitar lessons to for many years. And they have their band called the Bennett Hall Band. Yep. And they will, uh, and they will perform uh, a few songs as well. Um and uh, let's see here. Do I got everybody here? Nancy Luca. Nancy Luca actually is uh, lives and works in Los Angeles uh, for an all girl band. I think they play Zeppelin stuff. Um, I can't remember their name, but um, but she's okay. amazingly guitarist that uh, took lessons from Mike Campbell back in the day <laughs> uh, and uh, has. Um, Broken a lot of a lot of male hearts here in town, <laughs> and uh, and she's going to have her band. Um, Paul Zolo will be performing as well. He's he wrote conversations with uh, with Tom Petty, but he also uh, he's recorded with uh, folks like uh, Garfunkel um, and uh, a number of other folks um, and uh, great uh, uh, singers, um, uh, guitarists. And uh, he uh, and sing and songwriter, uh, and he worked for American Songwriter Magazine for a number of years as well. Um, and should should of- say to people too, anyone listening who isn't aware of Paul Zolo as a because I reference Paul pretty much every episode because his book is the Bible on you know Tom Petty's songs because Tom's words. But Paul is a phenomenal songwriter, and that duet that he does with Art Garfunkel is just beautiful. And he's got a very very singular, unique voice. No one sounds like Paul Zolo. And such uh, a nice guy on top of it. They can come up with his Cat Stevens. He, yeah, he reminds me of Cat Stevens. Uh, he is a little. He's more warble in his voice. Yeah, but 
definitely the, the kind of same sound and same tone um and which is not a, it was certainly a, a strong compliment um, yeah absolutely um so yeah and 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 that kicks off um and we also have um three uh bands i want to mention uh the couch messiahs you know uh, a local band very very talented the shambles uh they're um uh, uh, they've performed every year because the owner of the facility is in the band. And, uh, but, <laughs> but having said that, uh, this is not a band to be trifled with their, they, uh, their stock and trade is Steely Dan, tr- uh, covers. Um, and so, so they can uh, play then. <laughs> well, and they have a guitarist that plays, uh, a Jeff Beck Beck cover when we were lovers. That this is a serious band, yeah, and uh, very very talented uh, players. Another band called Lonely Worm, the Lonely Worm. Yep, and um, I've heard really good things about them. A great rocking band. Um, and then we, um, then we have storytellers. We, I don't know if he's going to make it because the last I heard, he was in ICU and not doing well. But um, is um, uh, Bradley Epstein, Howie's brother, younger yeah. brother. Um, that I think he's, he, I think he was wild back in the day. Uh, uh, <laughs> Those Epstein <and>, boys. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, but he, um, I think he's straightened up a decent amount and, and wants to tell some great stories. Uh, we have Paul Zolo uh, that he's gone through his, um, his re, you know, his, his um, conversation with Tom Petty volume two, you know, the extended version yeah. Well, he went through those notes. And he said, "Oh my God, I've got so many stories that I've never told anyone." So he's going to bring these never been told before stories um, to uh, to storytelling. Uh, we have Charlie Souza, who was a member of you know he he was he played <laughs> with Tom for six or seven months at uh, Leon Russell's uh, recording studio. Yeah, um, and. Um, I I think at least a couple songs that got recorded that are on the anthology maybe or something. Well, he mentions that. Like yeah, there's one yeah. song I can't remember which one it is. He plays on, I think hometown blues. I think he plays sax on that on the original on the debut record. Definitely, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that's right. Yep, and um, Jake Thistle and Jeff Slate have some uh, stories to tell, so they're going to come and tell some stories. Uh, Bob Keeling's going to talk about his new book, um, Good Day Sunshine State, which is about, um, uh, it's like, well, he's going to be talking about the Beatles. Well, what does that have to do with Tom Petty? Well, in one of the chapters in the book, he talks about the impact of the Beatles on Tom Petty and um, other people in town. Um, But the book is an amazing uh, tale of, uh, well, the he he's 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 focusing on Florida because the Beatles spent two weeks in Florida longer than any other state while they were a group. Yeah. Right. And and um, he really it was their third appearance in America was in Miami. Uh, and their um, the detail he brings just it really gives you a sense of how crazy it must have been back yeah. then. It's incredible to think about, and we'll just have a detour again, because I'm a huge Beatles fan as well. And you think about, really, as a band, once they got a record contract and they released, you know, with the Beatles in 1963, 
is that's when the world changes in rock and roll because of the Beatles. But you think really they they only toured up until what I think what sixty seven was their last show or something like that because yeah, sixty six. So they, because they just couldn't hear them, they couldn't hear themselves play because they're just the, the screaming. And the fans and McCartney said in an interview, he said, well, we realized at a point that no, they're not listening to the music. They just want to come and see us, which is fine. But he said that was, that's just difficult to deal with as a band when you can't hear what's going on, right? So, Yeah. It, it, in all fairness, the, the equipment wasn't up to no, no. The, what they needed it to be. I yeah. mean, you know, because um, nowadays, you know, if the crowd's getting busy, they just turn up the PA system and Absolutely. it's over, you know? So, so, it was uh, it was highly unfortunate that we were robbed of some great recordings of them yeah. live, you know. And I was just reading a story about how in '74, uh, uh, May Pang was really instrumental, and and John was really interested in in, in uh, getting the band back together. Yeah, um, and it just it just couldn't work out their schedules. Yeah, um, so. You talk about sound, though. Um, obviously, one of the things that you, you have in Gainesville is this fantastic um, building, the Hartwood Soundstage. And we've got you're going to have the outdoor stage, but you're going to have some stuff inside as well. What's the sound like in there? Is it is it pretty good? Inside the Hartwood Soundstage? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, we have we have two recordings, two out two performing spaces, and one is indoor. That's like it's very intimate. It's, Seats maybe a hundred people. Yeah, uh, comfortably we can get more, but it starts getting a little crowded. But it's this. It was designed by musicians for musicians. It was. It's got this. It almost perfect acoustics. Right. I mean, there isn't a bad place to sit. I mean, I like to sit in the back row because it's <laughs> just as comfortable as the front, and and the sound is perfect. Um, and uh. On the other hand, you can sit in the front row, and uh, I sat in the front row for Someday Honey once, and I was eating some popcorn, and Kylie Baker said, hey, can I have some? And, sure, because <laughs> that's how close <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, my, my. And so outside, yeah. then talk about, I mean, talk about maybe what the setup is outside, because you have, like, the, the main stage out there, and you've got a really nice sort of enclosed space. I've seen photos of it. It looks like a really great space, because it's sort of surrounded by trees, and it's, even though it's outside, it still seems like it's quite, quite intimate still. It it feels like a park. It really does. We, right. we have about an acre uh, green space, but we have other space off to the sides, so you don't want to be around that many people. You can definitely get off to the side and still hear the band terrific. Yeah. Um, we have, we just got um, a top of the line um, LD acoustic speakers and subwoofers and amplifiers that um, the subwoofers are two units with three 18 inch speakers. Oh. Inside. Holy moly. And the, the, the sound from this system, I can't I can't express it strong enough. It's just like you've <laughs> never heard whatever you're playing, you've never heard it that good. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's just amazing. So we have incredible sound inside, incredible sound outside. I mean, mouthwatering, bragging rights, amazing stuff. <laughs> uh, we they they we debuted last year with them and People just raved about their, you know, the thing about it is if you do something right, 
they don't necessarily come back. Oh, the sound was great. Oh, the park light atmosphere. And yeah. oh, the beer was cold. And oh, they just know they had a great time. Yeah. And that's when you know you did it right. You know, that that they're not going, oh, everything was great, but the beer was lousy or, you know, whatever it was. You know, you don't want to, you can't fail on anything. You've got to yeah. do it all so well that it becomes, it just falls to the side and they get to experience the performance. Yeah. And uh, so um, we're, are excited to announce that we have uh, Sirius XM channel 31, Tom Petty channel, uh, Mark Felsot and um, and one of his assistants coming to do live and packages um, live. I, I don't know. You can don't call it broadcast. It's live cast. We'll just call it live cast. Right. right? And, uh, um, and so we're really excited about that. Uh, the family has gotten behind this festival. Yeah. And it's an official Tom Petty Nation Festival. Um, and the uh, the other thing is that we have uh, the Tom Petty Wildflowers and all the rest exhibit that was featured at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is at the Cade Museum, which literally is, um, you know, five iron away from Hartwood. <laughs> I mean, it's just across the street kind of thing, right? Oh, is, that, so, is, that, is that you um, with a five iron or me with a five iron, Dan? Because I'm, I'm gu- I guarantee you that me and you don't hit a five iron the same. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably not. But anyway, maybe it's a driver. I don't know. But it's close. it's a very close walk. And um, and so and anybody that buys a ticket gets uh, they can um, they can get two for one at the museum. Right. Nice. So um, anyway, so you've got some friends in town that that didn't want to hear the music, but want to go see the museum. They get to you get to buy extra tickets. So nice. And so I believe and, that that's where the that's where the VIP um, reception is on the Thursday, right? Yeah. Right. There we're, we're going to be right in that space. I think maybe it's like a floor, half a floor up or something, but we're right there, and wow. you're going to be able to wander around and look at the exhibit. By the way, uh, let's see here. Today, Saturday, Thursday, Chris Stapleton was in town visiting that exhibit. He posted it on Facebook. Oh wow! He said Wildflowers is his favorite album of all time. The, the man's got a good taste. Yeah. So, you know, if Chris decided to make the trip to Gainesville, I, I want to encourage everybody out there that hears this podcast. Yeah. If you can make it, I promise you, you will have an amazing time. And I believe um, that that's, isn't that, isn't that running from, is it, that's, it's there till December or? December. Yes, yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, the other thing is if you click on the, um, uh, doesn't matter if you're not getting VIP tickets, but if you click on the VIP tickets and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a get hotel rooms button and you can get, we, we worked out uh, roughly $150 a night. Um, so, Which is unbelievable for a, I mean, good price. and this is hotels four and six blocks away. They're walking distance, yeah. really nice hotels um, or around a numerous other uh uh, restaurants and different things so um so it's right in the heart of downtown so it's uh yeah it, we, we got it set up pretty good you know but uh we so have what, a lot of things to do <laughs> yes. i was gonna ask you about that then dan too because i know that obviously you're the producer and all this falls ultimately with you know it's your job to make sure all these moving parts come together but tell me a little bit about the team of people because obviously you know the one one man cannot be an island and you can't do all this on your own what kind of team do you have pulling some of this stuff together 
Well, uh, the the manager of Heartwood is um, is there's two executive producers and um, Dave Malosh, the manager of Heartwood, is the is one, and the other is Hochitama, who owns uh, who owns the prop owns most of the property anyway. And we have um, we have an intern from UF that's helping with marketing, Tessa Fuller. Okay, and uh, and that's it. That's pretty much it. It's there's it's a small team. A small team, yeah. Because, um, well, you have to remember that yes, we're charging, and we're charging a decent amount for tickets. Yeah, we really try to give people a very good value for their money because we recognize how hard money is to get, and um, and you don't want to spend wasted on things. But we, um, but we have uh, we have yet to um, we have we're way behind in the profit and loss margin so yep. we're we're definitely in the loss um over since we started doing this and um so it's not like it's and i don't get paid yeah right i've never gotten paid i'm just i'm just doing this as a volunteer thing it's what i'm doing during my retirement you know some people pick weeds start a garden <laughs> I, not that there's anything wrong with running a garden so but um it it's just it's a it's a, a bit of a mom and pop situation, um, <laughs> but it's done with great earnestness and love, and um and I think it gets the people that come really pick up on it. Well, and I think it it strikes me that it has to be a really well run event because first of all you get a lot of people who come back, a lot of you know attendees who come back but also you're getting musicians to come back down year after year after year and if it's a badly run festival musicians don't want any part of that either right because the worst thing is if you're a musician if everything's disorganized or the stage isn't right or the sound isn't right or the you know everything so it sounds like everything runs you know pretty smoothly and like you said you had a, a band last year that couldn't end up playing or whatever but uh, you always seem to adapt and you always seem to make sure that this weekend is a great experience for everyone the artists and the the attendees um alike we uh we make it a priority. I mean, not just <laughs> not just the attendees, but the artists. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I I I I know the joke is that uh, that bands are still getting four hundred dollars a night, much like they were in nineteen seventy three yeah. or something. They're the least paid professional that I know of. Almost, you know, it's hundred percent. It, it part of it is um is the immense wealth we have of recorded music now that we can call up with our phone anywhere we yeah. want right that that part of the problem and part of it is that the beatles and new, other early rock bands have birthed thousands of <laughs> unbelievable musicians so that almost anywhere you go you can hear a great band you yeah. know maybe not unbelievable but solid and um, so that's really that really hurts with with um, with that. But, you know, there's people go to a lot of big rock festivals and, you know, why not this one? So um, it's it's unique because it's a tribute to Tom. Yeah. Um, but um, we think it's really important to recognize him in his hometown. Um, he'd always mention Gainesville in every interview he'd, he'd do. And, uh, well, I'm just an old country boy from Gainesville, <laughs> Florida. Well, uh, well, and that's one and, of the one of the reasons that people come down there too, though, right? Because, and again, that's why one of the reasons I want to come down is for the festival. But also, I want to see where Tom grew up. I want to see Lillian's music store. I want to see the house he grew up in. I want to go visit the park that's you know that's named after him. So, is there anything where people can maybe sort of get a guided tour, or is there anything sort of tied into 
you know, landmarks or things like that that that's going on over the weekend? We we intend. There's a lady in town that I believe she's going to be leading some tours. Um, it's 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 very limited availability. The bus we have is like holds twenty two or something, and yeah. and um and you know the tour takes you know an hour hour and a half something like that. So, um, but the the thing about it is is that if you just Google you know Tom Petty Gainesville yeah um uh, tour or something like that, you're going to find a lot of information yeah um from where ben montent grew up you know to uh, uh you might find jane petty where she grew up yeah um and um but but it is very powerful to stand um you know in front of his house on even if it's on the street you don't have yeah. to be in the house but uh or at the park um there's some monkey bars there that tom Ledden told me him and tom and jane just sat on those monkey bars for three hours one night just talking and they're still so there bars yeah you, they're still there so wow. you know um so there's that kind of stuff um yeah. he definitely uh if you go to the clock restaurant he went to the clock restaurant which is on main street he went there numerous numerous times um i mean so his 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 ghost is still there i mean yeah. you still feel his vibes it's it that's really a big reason i mean it's amazing how people that maybe never bought a tom petty record um or maybe never went and saw him live yeah feel an immense pride that they live in a town that he grew up in that he came from that yeah. influenced the way it did um so uh so we have a lot of people that are very happy that you know that tom tom came from here and then we're doing that we're honoring him. Well, it's fantastic too that the you know the Gators, the Florida Gators, now they always play. I won't back down. That's part of the thing, and they and they've got a, a tie-in now with you know the Gators and Tom Petty um, as a sort of a you know Gainesville son, Gainesville's his favorite son, or whatever. And so that like you said, that community sense of this artist is is one of us. You know, I think that it, it does come across, and and like you said, Tom always loved Gainesville. He you know he moved away because he recognized that you can't sort of be in the music biz at that level in Gainesville, you kind of have to be in LA or you have to be somewhere else, but his heart was always there. Right. And a, a part of him always stayed in Gainesville. And I think that comes across as very sincere and very authentic. Uh, and, and I've heard stories that he would return and he always loved to return. He always loved Gainesville. Um, you know, I'm sure he was limited by, you know, he didn't want to get mobbed by fans, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, his legacy is amazing. Um, uh, you know, 85 million records he sold something like that he was a member of the wilburys you know? <laughs> he was just, he, he was bob dylan's band he was in tom tommy uh, johnny cash's band i mean the guy was just you know it was just something else so did you I, I can't remember whether i asked you this last time dan were you at the the homecoming show when the, you know the i think 2006 whatever it was when he played back in gainesville the the concert that ended up on the running down a dream documentary were you at that show I was at that show. Oh, yeah. man alive. I would have, that's one, you know, on my show, I always ask if you could go back to any Tom Petty concert and see it. That's one of my top three. I would have loved to have been at that one because the love, you could feel the love coming from the stage and the crowd. Well, it, you definitely could feel the love. It was, yeah. oh. the thing about it, it was my first time seeing him. So I'm going, oh, wow. This is normal. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, the thing about it is, is uh, Robert Scoville, he he's the, he was the uh, the genius behind the uh, pro the 
how the sound, how it sounded. Okay. Now, I've gone to numerous concerts, including Bob Dylan a couple of times, Elton John, um, uh, I can't, uh, a number of other big bands in this space called the O'Connell Center. Okay. No one, no one sounded good there. He, Tom Betty, sounded unbelievable. Yeah. It's like, how did you do that? Right? <laughs> and uh, so that was really cool. It to sound just to go to a concert there to, where the sound was great, yeah. You know, let alone it was Tom Petty, and then Stevie Nicks comes out and sings some songs. It's like, whoa, yeah. this is pretty cool. Well, um, when, and when he sings Southern accents in that, in that, because that's the one of the reasons I would want to be there. Because when he sings Southern accents to that crowd, that connection yeah. is different to singing that anywhere else in the world, right? That's because that's what he's singing about. He's singing about here. He's singing about home in the South. Right. Yeah. Just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and then I got to go see him in Tampa in 2014, um, nice. and that was that was a great concert too. But uh, but the 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 one I mean, who knew that this concert in Gainesville? I mean, uh, Sirius XM plays it all the time. Yeah, I don't know, I've I don't know if you picked them up, but um, it's just it's uh, it's like every time I turn on the radio, oh, there's another song from Gainesville. Yeah. Well, like um, I said, because the because the sound was so good, and the band was the band was on right. You can tell the band is really really up for that. It's, it's everyone's firing on all cylinders. There's not a drop note that whole night. Like it's just one of those special lightning in the bottle kind of moments that you, of course, you're going to yeah. play it. So yeah. Now, in all fairness, I think he, I think they were more on fire, you know, when they did that collection in '97. The Fillmore, yeah, that's a special type of thing, but. <laughs> but <laughs> But they, it was still very. It was incredible. It yeah. was it was really good. We, we we really want to encourage people to come, and um, and uh, we think that we're going to provide a tremendous amount of entertainment for for a few dollars. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tom Petty Nation, it it's there. Um, there's a code, and it's uh, TP Nation twenty three. And you enter that in the uh, in the slot when you go buy a general admission ticket, you get fifteen dollars off. So, which brings uh, it down, which brings it down to thirty five dollars. I mean, thirty five dollars for a weekend of music—that's peanuts. Like I said, I mean, you said you're charging, but that that's nothing. I mean, we have you know we have the jazz festival here in Saskatoon. You're going to pay sixty five dollars for one day. So, I mean, the, the the amount that you guys are charging is—I mean, you really are just covering costs. Maybe, maybe you'll maybe you'll make back oh, some of your costs. Oh no, I may no. be buying the second most expensive <laughs> concert ticket of all time. So, yeah, if if, <laughs> if we lose money, it's on me. So, yeah. Um. So so that's so please come. <laughs> <laughs> no. and, um, cool. so. and so this is also being—I believe—is being supported by the Visit Gainesville, the Alachua. Visit Gainesville. And Melden Law, uh, local uh, attorneys that okay. are very talented, and um, uh, the Hampton Inn and the Hyatt Hyatt uh, Hotel are are also sponsors, as well as Akira Wood, which is uh, the company that is right next to us and Tama okay. uh, co owns. So um, so they're they're sponsoring. We're gonna have some more sponsors. We just don't have them down yet. But we're we're gonna be doing that in the next week or two. So, but let's um, let's let's talk about something really important as well. What what does the bar look like? Are we getting Dogfish Head Brewery? Or are we getting some Cigar City because they're in Florida? What kind of beer have you got? Or is it just the big stuff? <laughs> well, no, you haven't been to Florida, so you've never tasted Swamphead. And no. uh, Swamphead is a um 
the first microbrewery in town, and they have some amazing beers. Uh, we also have another local microbrewery in town called First Magnitude, okay. and they have some great beers. So, um, and then um, uh, Stella, we uh, Stella Audroy and yeah. um, Pabst Blue Ribbon, I think we carry. And there's another couple in there, but uh, no, no, I don't think we'll have any um, any Cigar City or Dogfish Head. Okay. <laughs> Well, we want people to be able to drive home. So, you know, so. <laughs> well, they should just get a hotel room. Get a hotel room, and then you can enjoy. You yeah, can sample all the water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what time? What time does it usually start then, Dan? What time? When does the day? When does the day begin? Friday it starts at twelve fifteen or twelve thirty, um, with storytelling for four hours uh, yeah. almost, and then uh, and then music till eleven and starting at four. Uh, yep. Saturday is starting at two, two fifteen, somewhere around there, and going to eleven, and then a Sunday is starting at noon, I think, and going to about seven. Wow! So that's just a full, full weekend of music, fun, meeting people. I'm sure there's like you know, there's lots of people probably in the Tom Penny Nation who come down who have only seen each other online. And so again, it's this this idea of community and bringing people together through Tom's music is such a beautiful thing that I'm sure he would have just loved, right? I I I think he would have really loved it. And one of these days, um, you know, uh, Adria hopefully will be there, and uh, Dana will, will be there, and yeah. Jane will be there. But you know, we'll you know we'll and Grinner will be there. Yeah. And uh, and the dirty knobs will perform someday. Yeah, someday. You know, um, but you know, I I actually think uh, I, I don't. They probably all too old now to do it. But I think the Heartbreakers could get together with Jake Thistle as the lead singer and not skip a beat. I, it. Oh my God! I would. No, that I would break my bank to come and see because that would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be? Oh yeah. Lord. Yeah. And, what, and what a guy to do it too. I mean, this this kid's got the voice of an angel. You know, he's just released a new single, Brooklyn Can Wait. It's phenomenal. Like, and he's so, he's such a very grounded, like this kid's 18 still. It blows my mind that this kid is he's a teenager still. He's his first year at Rutgers. It's like, might be 19. So 19, no, sorry, now, yeah. I think he's 19. Yeah, I know you're right. Let's not cut him. You know, at this age, <laughs> a year makes a big difference, right? Yeah. Apologies, Jake. Apologies. Yeah, no, he's 19. Yeah. But still, I mean, good Lord. I've got T-shirts that are 19 years old, Dan. <laughs> I can't say enough about Jake Thistle. I can't. I can't. I can't. I. He He's blown us away a number of times. His uh, newest single is Outrageous. Um, uh, Jeff Slate just told me, he he said that because uh, – Jake will come down from New Jersey and play with Jeff in New York with his band. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and they do a number of things uh, uh, for uh, uh, to raise money for nonprofits and, and, or as a remembrance for somebody or whatever, Bruce Springsteen, yeah. um, Tom, that kind of stuff. Um, and he said, every time Jake comes and plays with his band, it's at, he's like, He's he's better. He's better than he was last time. He's like, yeah. How did he get better? How did he get that much better <laughs> than last time? He's that much better than last. every time. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, who's interviewed practically every rock star you can imagine, yeah, and has seen almost most of them live, um, it is blown away yeah. by Jake. So, um, yeah, I, I expect great things out of him. 
And you know, and just just to throw a little bit of love to Jeff as well, because it would be easy for someone like Jeff, who's been around for a long time and he's played a million gigs, to be jealous of that. You know, he could be thinking, "Well, this young cup start keeps getting better and better and better." But what I love about that is that Jeff adores that. He loves that he keeps getting better, and he loves that he gets to play with him, and he loves the music that they make together. And I think that's a really cool thing. Again, that's that that's that idea that you play music because you love it, and of course, you know, you do want to get paid because, as we talked about, artists aren't paid enough. But it's that love of playing music, and it was—it's almost like the Wilburys thing. I was bugging um, Jake and Jeff that they should form a supergroup at some point because I think those two together would be fantastic as well. So, well, this year you'll get a chance to hear that because um, because when uh, Jake comes up to play, he's going to be playing with Jeff and his band. Yeah, and uh, well, first there'll be Jeff and his band playing, and Jake will come in on some songs, and then then uh jake will take over yeah and so it'll be kind of like that a super group yeah. um and that's what we that's what we specialize in there are all-star sets we've got two all-star sets friday and saturday and saturday uh the band will be uh slate's band will be backing up and we'll pick singers from throughout the day or yeah. maybe from another day that will and we'll they'll get two songs one or two songs and we'll play for an hour and so we we will if you want the hits wait for that last hour or so and you'll hear them we promise and uh and you'll hear them performed incredibly well and the uh, band that's backing up friday is they did the all-star on uh last year on the last day okay and that people were are still talking about i mean just it was an amazing amazing hour yeah uh, Tom Ledden came up, Nancy Luca came up, Shine came up, Hannah Harbor came up. Um, it was um that they were just they they killed it. They yeah. killed it. And so. that, that's one other thing I'll I'll just kind of say as well is that I love that you do focus, you do spotlight female artists just as much as male artists. And we I've talked about that in the podcast with a couple of people. Tom was one of those unusual rockers who came out of the 70s, 80s, who didn't use women as props in his music, wasn't sort of, you know, the themes weren't sort of, you know, using women in his lyrics. He was very respectful of women and all the women in his life meant a lot to him. So I love that this festival celebrates, you know, it's the diversity of it. You've got different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different, you know, men and women. So all in this melting pot, just celebrating music together, which is, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, man. Thank you. I, it It's, it's not, it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you can do things all your life and they don't work out or they don't go as well as you like. And then you come across something and it just works. It's yeah. just, it's, it's not you. It's just that you're at the right place at the right time with the right people yeah. uh, doing the right thing. And um, this is, um, it, you know, my job is just to deal with the, the little insignificant things that you wouldn't think would be a big deal, but if they're not there, it becomes a big deal. So yeah. um it's 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 actually the boring monotonous part of the job but you got it too right yeah. so, uh like make sure there's enough beer you know that kind of <laughs> stuff do we order the lcd screen you know that kind yeah. of thing and so people um, you hear that and my listeners and i know that some of the people who listen to this will be in in gainesville make sure you go say thank you to dan because none of this runs without and again doing this off just volunteering to do this 
is just an incredible thing to do for the Gainesville community, for the Tom Petty community, and for the music community at large. So from all of us as, as fans, thank you so much for putting this on every year and making sure that it's one of the landmark events in in, in everyone's year, right? It's something that everyone looks forward to. Even if they're not going, they look forward to seeing the photos and listening to the stories about people who who did get to go. So thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, it's uh, it's an honor to do it. And um, I picked up a guitar right when the Beatles first came over. I mean, I heard She Loves You in, 60, in September of 63 yeah. on a Chicago radio station and was totally like, what the heck is that? <laughs> And that was like I was 10, right? It was maybe, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, maybe I was 11. No, I think I was 10. And I'd gotten the transistor radio for my birthday, which is the 21st of September. So <laughs> it was like, and then I hear this band from outer space. You know, it's like, <laughs> what the hell is that? And, uh, but, you know, when I picked up a guitar, I, you know, some people are musical and some people aren't, and I'm not one of those, you know, right. I can make some sounds, I can do it okay, but I'll never be good. I'll never be, you know, someone you'd go pay to see. But, um, but this way I get to be involved with bands. I get to, you know, um, you know, be involved in the whole process. Yeah. And so I, I get, um, I get some satisfaction from that, you know? Yeah, Definitely. It's that thing that, and again, a, a festival like this and, and music in general, it does unify people. It never divides people. It should never divide. Good music should never divide people. It should only ever uni unite people. And it's, again, that this festival, this idea of bringing this community together, it's just, it's, and again, I was talking to you last time about this, and it, when our aborted conversation. Um, I don't think there's another, I don't think there's a comparable festival like this for any other artist. You know, Springsteen, Dylan, the Beatles, ABBA. I mean, pick any of these these massive. I don't think there's a a festival that celebrates the life and work of an artist the way that you do this weekend for Tom. So it's a really unique event in world music. It it seems like it. It seems like it, and partly because we're doing it in his hometown. Yeah, like that mention his hometown. That his music reflected his hometown, um, and that um, I. I, you know, I mean, Bruce's music reflected New Jersey, not so much the town he grew up. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, I don't know his music that well, but I'd be hard pressed. Uh, you know, the cars, I don't remember them coming from a particular place. They might have, yeah. you know, that, Chicago came from Chicago. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, you don't see tribute. It'd be, it'd be really hard to do a tribute concert to Chicago. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And long, <laughs> it would have to be so it. long. <laughs> well, and uh, they would have to, um, you know, that you'd have to, every band would have to have horns, right? Kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> so, um, or maybe, um, but, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's it is unique, and um, it's uh, it's like a right now. Well, it's a five year old child, you know, it's it's uh, or a six year old child. This would be six year, um, a minus a couple for COVID, um, yeah. but. It feels more like a, you know, you're managing a, a, a young child. It's still not, you know, I keep waiting for the time where it's, I can walk away and it's going to keep going. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's nowhere near that. Um, but I, I feel like it's a really good thing for the town, a really good thing for the fans, a really good thing for the memory of Tom. So, it, you know, it, it goes back to, we talked about it at one point, maybe last year about Liverpool. Uh, how Liverpool has 
really uh, become a much better place to live because of all the Beatles tourism. Yeah. And uh, so if I if that's what I if that's what ends up happening out of this on a, in a long term basis, um, you know, beyond the fact that it needs to definitely be um, uh, a, in good taste in mem- in remembering Tom. Yeah. Uh, then why not? Wouldn't it be great if we had a a a, a healthy tourism coming to Gainesville because of Tom? Absolutely. Um, so that's we'll see. I mean, you know, it's coming together. Tom Petty Day this year at the football stadium is September twenty third. Okay. Um, it's not the week before. Um, I was kind of hoping it would be, but it's okay. not. But um, but that's still that's huge. And I don't know if you noticed, they sent out, um, they're selling merchandise specifically for that day that will yeah. raise funds for some um, some nonprofits in town. And they, um, you know, so that's a that's a huge deal. And uh, and then having the Cade Museum host uh, one of these exhibits, um, it, that's I mean, that's my goal. I mean, that's my dream, I think, is is that we have a museum that that people can go and visit and they can yeah. go visit the house and they go and visit at the park and they see the murals and there's something to do that, that brings them there for two or three days. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, uh, I mean, you know, you could probably find Beatles music live somewhere in Liverpool on any given day, if not 100%. half a dozen. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so, okay. So let's, let's, let's wrap up. Um, official on the recording anyway and say um where can people find tickets uh and what and what are the what are the dates again all right uh people can get tickets at tompettyweekend.com um real easy tompettyweekend.com and uh, you'll have two buttons get vip tickets or get uh, uh general admission tickets and um and then like i said earlier if you want to get a good deal on hotel rooms click on the vip ticket page and go down to the bottom and there's a link to get a great deal on hotel rooms. There's a limited number available. So if you're going to come, you know, do it quick. And, um, and then uh, we have uh, three VIP tickets, three levels, and each one progresses in what you get. Uh, Not, not just swag, but experience and uh, food, beer, that kind of thing. So, um, and you've got some pretty and cool. You got some pretty cool swag this year, I believe. We have uh, official gear. That's uh, some of it is official. It's coming right out of the store, um, the TomPetty.com store. But it was all designed by the folks at Tom Petty uh, store, and um, and the it, it looks like pretty cool swag to me. You yeah. know, it's I'm uh, well. One there's a, a zip up hoodie. It comes with the uh, diamond ticket. Wow, holders. So that um, you know, I thought I want to do something really nice for the for these guys. You know, really yeah. nice. So that was that was what we, you know, because normally I mean everyone gets a T-shirt, but yeah, this is hoodie. You know, this is a sweatshirt <laughs> with a zip and all that stuff. You know, the perfect um, perfect cold weather stuff. You know, <laughs> of course for you that would be on a summer day. You'd have your sweatshirt on. <laughs> I know, I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot as hell up here at the moment. What is the weather going to be like? Actually, what? How should people dress in Florida? In, uh, in I have, we have seen everything. <laughs> we've seen cold weather. We've seen hot weather. We've seen tropical depression, um, and uh, 
bring a little bit of everything ready going down first of september which is a really good sign for us we think because um from the first of october to the middle to the to october 1st somewhere in there is the one the temperature breaks the summer heat and the sooner it does the cooler it'll be in late october and it started in early <laughs> September. So we're like, mm, that's a good sign. It's good. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I I I suspect it's going to be a high in the low 80s, um, low in the uh upper 60s. Uh it's gonna be it, it could even be nicer than that. It could be like upper 70s. Perfect, it, perfect outdoor weather. More than likely it's gonna be that, but it could be a touch on the warm side, it could be a touch on the cool side. Or the rainy side. It's rain <laughs> or shine. It's a rain or shine event. So um, we we have to pay the musicians either way. Yeah. So I well show up and put on your poncho. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I'd bring one just just so you have one, you know. But uh, um, just a hey, little bit. It's a little bit of water. You won't melt. Well, it's we're not in our rainy part of our our season at all. Right. It it's the tropical depression hurricane crap that. That's what could affect us. That's yeah. Um, and historically, that was really we really rare for us to have one that we had one um, uh, in 2019, 20, right. 2019. So that was that that one was um, we almost didn't get off the last day. You know, we, we were wow. almost ready to cancel the first three, four hours and not sure we'd ever raise the uh, the stage. We had to raise the stage and. Uh, and we we saw a break at like 1230. It's like, oh, I think we can pull this off. So races because it takes took two hours to get the stage up and then another wow. hour to get ready. And so it was three hours. You knew you couldn't do anything for three hours. And then if we had to start bringing it back down again, you had to you had to repeat that whole process. So it's like, oh, God, I hope this is the right. <laughs> but it turned out great. So um, we, we got it in. But the last southern accents played in in rain you know for sure yeah, yeah. but people people stayed they were they loved it that's just uh, rain <laughs> i'm from england so, i'm from england rain is part and, that's how i grew it rained through I, I think it rained until i was about 16 non-stop so you know <laughs> i know of at least two guys coming from england that are that um that Derek Sanders has been there like this is third or fourth year okay uh, he loves it he loves it he thinks it's the greatest and um uh, and another fellow joe i can't remember his last name but joe is coming um he goes look out for me and say hello and i'm like well i hope i can recognize you <laughs> okay if he's got that same australian kind of hat I, I should be able to find him so. fantastic okay well look yeah. people um yeah if you're like i said if you go into the festival please do find down and say hello and say thank you for putting this on um, and just more than anything, I'll have fun down there. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all the photos. I'm looking forward to hearing all the stories and from the weekend and seeing the the posts from the musicians because that's always that's always a blast. Um, Dan, thank you so much for touching base again um, and being on the show. I think we'll do this every year and we'll just keep letting people know what's going on at the Tom Petty weekend because it's an important event in everyone's calendars. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Kevin. You your your podcast is terrific, and I appreciate all you do to uh, keep Tom's memories going. Um, and doing them, uh, doing these um, dive, these deep dives into his songs. I mean, yeah. it's impressive. Um, uh, it's amazing how 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 much you can 
you can discover in a song yeah. and, and and you're proving it so it's pretty cool well thank you so um, much so yeah um and um i'm looking forward to meeting you next year i'm coming down so, next year hello high water i've got like i said i've started my slush fund now it's going to be full by the time i get run to next year i will be there next year no question so all right sounds we'll good. raise a glass so take care we will okay thanks so much Dan. Right, looking forward all right take care kevin okay. bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.